Welcome to the Subversity Show. Hi, my name is Stephen Silla, and I'm the producer and co-director of Big Joy, The Adventures of James Broughton. Yeah, I was uh, quite interested in your film because it uh, depicts the situation, the period before the Beats, which I think a lot of people don't uh, realize. It's true. That was a big surprise to me, that period from 1945 to 53. Nobody's ever done a documentary about that. But after the war, all these people converged in San Francisco from conscientious objector camps and people who, you know, as James says in the film, we could be we could be artists again and we could play. And we were so fortunate to be able to interview Anna Halperin because she was there at the time. But most of those people are gone. And, and you could argue that it's more important than the beat movement because it's out of the beat of the soil of the, of the San Francisco Renaissance that the beat movement grew. Right. And uh, he himself tra traversed a whole trajectory of uh, liaisons with different types of people, uh, with Pauline Kael and uh, the film critic and also ended up with a, a male relationship. Well, yeah, he was with Pauline in the late 40s, and they had a child together. Then he was with a man, Kermit Sheets, in the 50s. And then in the 60s, he married a woman, and they were together for 10 or 12 years. And then he met his true love at age 61, Joel Singer, who happened to be a man. And they lived together for 25 years. So he died when in his 80s? He died in 85, and I got to know him for the last 10 years of his life when he was with Joel, and uh, it was such a joy to be around the two of them. I mean, James was big joy, but Joel is too. <laughs> Because uh, gay culture is uh, focused on uh, on youth, especially in San Francisco. So was it um, was it something special to depict this relationship? Well, it was, and it was interesting. They were 35 years apart. And so when we interviewed Armistead Maupin, he was telling us how he and his partner, Chris, are 25 years apart and that James and Joel were a huge inspiration for him. The fact that James and Joel were able to be in a relationship for that long with that different age age range. How many years together? You They said? were together for 25 years. Wow. Well, at the, at the end of his at life, basically. At the end of his life, exactly. Yeah. Was he still writing uh, at that time? He wrote until the last day he died. He was un unbelievable. I, I would be staying at their house, and he would say, oh, I've been up since five writing. Huh. Uh, he was a real craftsman with uh, poetry as well as film. Where, where did his archive end up? It ended up at Kent State University because in the 1970s, they decided they wanted to be the go-to place for American poets. And they had money, and so... The money that they paid James for his archive in the 70s paid for James and Joel to travel around the world. Wow. And that's probably worth a lot. At, I mean, that money, even though it may not be that much, was worth a lot more then. Oh, it was. For them, it was this great liberation. And so you can find other poets like uh, some of Gary, Gary Snyder and Hart Crane and Marianne Moore and a number of interesting poets have their archive there at Kent State. So the, the photographs are there, and the movies also there? The movies are at the Anthology Film Archives in New York City. They started out at Kent State, but James and the folks at Kent State decided that they should be in a, in a place that really is about saving and preserving film. Yeah, that's always a problem for uh, special collections that collect materials, and they don't have any uh, processing equipment for film, and then it just sits there. Um, as a librarian, I know that. Uh, the... Uh, 
how did you go around getting the, about getting the research materials for this? Was it a long time uh, of research, a long period where you had to do research? It was a long period. I, I started researching thinking that I was going to do a book, and I spent uh, four or five days at Kent State. Um, and in that process, I realized that it had to be a film because James made 23 experimental films and wrote 23 books of poetry. And uh, I found that his life... He was into transmedia before the term existed. He wrote plays, he wrote novels, he, he did performance with people. And so... Um, performance art kind of thing. Performance yeah. art, exactly, yeah. Sometimes with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Oh, yeah, I know those. Uh, <laughs> I knew some of them before they were at Michigan in school with me. Oh, wonderful, wow. Some of the sisters. That, that's great. Well, James... Uh, well, it took me four and a half years to make the film. And I started out by interviewing people because I was afraid they were going to die. And so we interviewed Lawrence Berlinghetti and Anna Halperin. And unfortunately, when I interviewed Kermit Sheets, I still thought it was going to be a book, so it's just an audio interview. But uh, And also, we were fortunate to, to have an interview that I did with James five months before he died that was shot by Galen Garwood. Uh, and that was turned out to be very important in the film, even though when I did it, I had no idea that I was going to be making a film. Well, was a lot of uh, footage on uh, on VHS or analog type? Oh, yes. We, we were working with footage on all these different Super 8 and VHS and uh, the Digibeta. It was all, all these different things that we then had to to translate. It was much more complicated than I ever imagined. Was it expensive to convert? It was. Uh, even some of the footage that we were given without having to pay a fee, such as James's films, were expensive to convert. Um, and I thought the archive budget was going to be $10,000 and it ended up being closer to forty or more. Wow. And the um, erotic scenes you got, you didn't have to, you didn't enact anything, I guess. We actually reenacted that erotic scene. Uh, we, we actually went to Beck's Motel, which is the place where James and Joel had their tryst, and we uh, found two actors to play James and Joel. But, of course, the erotic scenes from his films, we didn't have to, to redo. <laughs> so it, they, did they look like them? Or? Yeah, and the, the photography is a little fuzzy, so, you know, you see the nipples more than the faces. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How was it working with uh, Eric Slade? I, I loved working with Eric. I mean, I knew that I had to find somebody who uh, knew what he was doing. And I had seen Eric's film on Harry Hay, Hope Along the Wind. And I had met Eric at a Radical Fairy Gathering. So I went to visit him in Portland and I told him about my project. And he said, as long as I don't have to raise money, I'm happy to help. Why, why did you go get a co-director? Because this is my first feature, and uh, I, I knew that I needed to find somebody who really had done it before. So w w was it easy? Uh, I mean, how about uh, locating the people? You said that uh, most of them had died. <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, Most of the people from that period had died, but we had a long list of people we wanted to interview, and we ended up interviewing 37, even though we only used 20 or 21 in the film. So I'm hoping we can find people like you who can help us uh, archive those other interviews and make them available to people. You could uh, put it on a DVD or 
as an extra, I guess. Yeah, we and we'll do that. We, we'll, we'll put out a DVD in 2014, but we also have lots of great scenes that got deleted from the film. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Dan. <laughs>